Welcome to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast, brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. My name is Jeff Milo, and joining us on the podcast today, for her second time on this show, it's Lisa Scottolini, the New York Times bestselling author of 32 novels, including one of the most recent, an historical fiction book based in World War II in Italy called Eternal. And now Lisa Scottolini is back with something more in the thriller genre kind of thing, but we do talk about genres and we do talk about what books are about we get into that but we're talking today specifically about her latest book which is called what happened to the bennett's now this is uh, the main character jason bennett is a suburban dad who owns a court reporting business but one night his life takes a horrific turn he's driving his family home after his daughter's field hockey game when a when a pickup truck begins tailgating them on a dark stretch of road which is kind of an already an anxious nightmare scenario. Suddenly, two men jump out from the pickup and they pull guns on Jason, demanding their car. It's a carjacking. And then a horrific flash of violence changes his life forever. Later that awful night, Jason and his family receive a visit from the FBI, a couple of agents, and they say that the carjackers were actually members of a dangerous drug trafficking organization. And now Jason and his family are in their crosshairs. That means they have to go into witness protection. The Witness Protection Program is at the heart of this book, and they have no choice but to agree. And the thing is, Witness Protection was designed to protect criminal informants, not law-abiding families. There's a lot of complex things when a family has to go into this, and it's kind of like they have to change lives overnight and just cut off ties entirely from their previous life. They're taken from, from all they know, really, and now they're trapped in this unfamiliar life and the Bennets begin to kind of fall apart of the seams. The thing in the book is Jason learns a shocking truth and realizes that he has to take matters into his own hands. And we go from there. Lisa Scotellini is uh, back. We're so glad to have her. As I said, a best-selling author of more than 30 books, but she has a law degree and the idea of law and justice and also family have been uh, at the, the basically the subtext of any any narrative of any of her books, even Eternal, and especially here with her brand new book, What Happened to the Bennets. Uh, the thing about this book is there is kind of a central villain character, and you'll meet him very early on in the book, so it's not a spoiler. And uh, his name is very similar to my own name. So we begin there with our chat with Lisa Scotellini. You look adorable. Oh, thank you. I have a teddy bear over my head. I saw. I saw. I'm in a library, so I'm in the I'm in the youth services kids corner right now. So. Oh, that's great. How are you? Well, I got my I got my dogs out of the room for you. I was like, okay, this is now. Now I miss them. <laughs> <laughs> so I let me let me start start you off with a little bit of a curveball here, Lisa. Um, Go for it. You were on our podcast a little while ago, and I don't know if I made an impression whatsoever, but my name happens to be. Jeff Milo, and I noticed that the villain of your book. Oh my God, I just realized that. <laughs> is incredibly close to my own name. Oh man. Well, first of all, I do remember you, but I didn't remember that when I wrote it. Isn't that interesting? I'm so sorry. Well, I'm, well, I think I'm honored. 
I think I might be on <laughs> you maybe, uh, maybe no, not. No, it is not you. It is not you're charming and he's a little not. Yeah, uh, indeed. Yeah. Well let's let's talk about writing this book. I guess first of all, tell me about, you know, kind of switching gears the last time you were you were talking about this wonderful historical fiction book that you wrote. Now you're back into something something of the thriller territory, but Talk right. about jumping into one pool and coming back to the other. What was that like? Right, it's interesting because you know, you know what I tell you, I'm going to blow your mind now. That's my daughter always says to me, "I'm going to blow your mind right now, mom." Uh, but the truth is, they ain't that different. Oh yeah. I oh. mean, I've really come to now that I did it. I taught myself because always I'm a little afraid. I'm like, oh my god, you can't write historical fiction. And then I kind of did with the Eternal. I'm like, all right, maybe you can do that. And they go, oh my god, now it's going to be so different. And then I said, it's not different at all. No, no. And that's when I realized, right? Like Lisa, you're just dumb because honestly, I'm always writing about the same things, and the the things are justice and love and family. That that's what I figured out. Like you know, if, if you're me, which maybe you should have a little more insight, you're kind of like working from the outside in. So you're like, like when you decorate a room, like I'm like, this is my office. Like I I keep picking pinks and reds. I guess I like pink and red. <laughs> It's kind of weird. So anyway, I wrote Eternal, a love triangle set in Mussolini's Italy. And then I write what happens to the Bennetts. And they both end up being about love and family and justice. And so then what you really realize is that this setting, whether it's Mussolini or the time, whether it's the 1930s or 20s, is completely, well, we know what that distinction is. It's form over substance. Mm -hmm. That's why I kind of don't cop to any of this genre, even this genre convention, because, you know, uh, I mean, if you, I do read my online reviews. I always, and I love that because I care about what readers think. And, uh, you know, I had people who came to Eternal, which was the historical fiction going, I never read her before because she writes thrillers and I don't read that, but I like this book. And I know I'm going to have people coming to the thriller book going, I only read historical fiction, but I like this. And that's because readers are great, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. They have an open mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. Reading builds empathy. You become more inclusive in so many different ways. And I'm getting off the point now, but so that in a way it wasn't that different. And I'm going to go back to historical fiction and then I'm going to do thrillers and, and humor. And you realize you're all just laying yourself bare, whether it's something funny and silly or something, a really heartfelt feeling like, you know, what happened to Ben, it's his character. I realized when I was writing, he's a lot like my dad. I was like, ah, oh, it's your dad. That's, that's dad. Like, oh, where did that come from? And then you, then you're off and running. What I'm, what I'm hearing is you, you can't just let it be a pitch. You can't distill it down to a pitch. You can't say, all right, et eternal World War II, Italy, love triangle. Or you can't say Bennett's witness protection, you know, tragedy, crime. It, it is all, it always comes back to family. You know what I mean? With your yeah, books. Yeah, you're right. And you, you will, uh, I mean, I'm pro enough to know that I can just, I make it distilled to a pitch. I'll tell sure. you because it went happened. I was on the uh, Today Show and somebody, it was a while ago and somebody came up and they started doing this. I don't know if this is video, but they're flashing their fingers at me, seven fingers, mm -hmm. seven. And I said, what are you trying to tell me? I have seven minutes, but I know in TV, that's a lot of time in TV. They'll go, I said, oh, you tell me I have seven seconds. No, they're saying, no, you have seven words. <laughs> when they ask you what it's about answer in seven words and i was like oh my god now i have to tell you since that happened to me is the best thing well one of the best things that ever happened to me because i was like now i actually distill it and i actually put that on my for people who are listening who want to write you know it's actually helpful mm -hmm. so what what happened to bennett's a carjacked family goes into witness protection that's probably close 
And then I go, that's the story you want to tell Lisa. And I don't write with an outline. So I go, okay, that's your story. Is this going to tell your story or is this going to be tangential or BS or whatever? And if so, you can write it if you want to, but it can't survive in second draft. That's almost so, like So, yeah, but, but it isn't really a picture, right? Just say that, Jeff. That's You're a, absolutely right. That's like intensive haiku writing that you did just there. Um, <laughs> tell me. Right. And then, but just, just tell me where that came from, because it just seems like it is such a, a ripe and, and evocative premise uh, to, to, to go into witness protection. And I think that, let me just say, not a spoiler, just the surreality of having to experience that is compelling enough um, before even some of the more thrillery aspects kick in. Just that adjustment period is so compelling. The way you wrote that, I guess, talk about where that idea came from for a book, Witness Protection. Oh, for that. It really came from me driving around my neighborhood and being tailgated. Oh, dear. <laughs> I mean, a lot of, I, I find that a lot of novels, and I end, end up having ideas, but they come out of what if. Like, oh, God, so basically you're living your life imagining disasters. This could be life with an Italian mother, because honestly, my mother was like that. You know, that running with scissors, like, you'll slip, the pen will go in your eye. There's wet leaves are horrifying. So you end up <laughs> imagining disasters and probably work, 10 years of therapy, I'm trying to figure my way through it. So... I do think that's where it came from because I don't like being tailgated and I always move and I'm like, just get out of my way, dude. I'm just trying to live my life and be calm and usually listen to an audio book or a podcast in the car. So I don't, I'm not stressing when I drive. And so then I thought, oh God, what if you were carjacked? And then what if that? And luckily I'm, I've had these um, experts now. So I call up my guy in the FBI who actually, and then I find a guy who worked in witness security and I go, what, what's it like? Like, cause we all have ideas from, TV and what what is it really like? And then you that's when you come to understand that, you know, it's a program designed to protect criminals against other criminals. It works less well when it's a family. And I wanted to also use the world we live in, the connections we have. Look at us. We spoke before. Here you are. We're all connected up every which way. You're going to take this family. They don't even get to say goodbye. Right. Right. It's so it's like you said the pandemic was bad, at least the isolation and not to make light of it, because we all have people who we lost people or I have someone very sick from it still. But at least you could communicate this way. Well, now you can't say goodbye. His wife can't say goodbye to her mother. You endanger people when you say where you are. At the same time, you have these crime bloggers who didn't exist when I started writing so long ago, right? God bless them. I always think they're interesting because true crime is fascinating to me for the reason that fictional crime is. Well, now you have ordinary people solving crimes, real crimes. Right. And what effect does that have upon a guy who reminds my, my, my father and that he was so important to me, but never really thought of himself as my hero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is, and you know, that men to a certain extent, I think it's so imposed upon them. What is a hero? I mean, I love all the superhero movies. I just got back from the, the last Superman and they're all flying around against all odds. Well, what is a hero when you don't really conceive of yourself that way? That's his, that's the problem of Jason Bennett. When his family is struck into circumstances that require him to be heroic and also require his wife to be heroic, what will they do to get out of it? And so then how do you survive becomes the exact same question that I answered in Eternal during Mussolini's Italy. Yeah. How do you be a hero? And then also what what Jason is thrown into in the family, too, is this these stakes of 
well, what what it actually means to be an anchor for my family, I have to do that now. But I also feel compelled to solve this crime. Um, And he's pulled apart. And that's that's so compelling. I want to also say this is one of the most effective books that involves and, and very realistically the Internet and social media and that portion of the book. Because it's not a spoiler, the family has to go into witness protection, right, right. and then uh, the the inevitable conclusion of that is that all of your friends would would probably panic, and they would then start what would they start doing? Posting about it on Facebook, right, <laughs> right, right. Which kind of feeds right. into the title, but um, yeah. Did you re- you must have realized that early on that the idea of social media would become such a big part of this actual narrative. Yeah, and I didn't go into it that way because I, I just did you know, you don't want to write a novel about social media. Right. But I, right, but I live in the world like everybody else. And what were we going to say? You oh, say I was just going to say the, I don't want to spoil too much, but they, they get, right. they get, they get a hint of how their friends are panicking, even though they can't right. really use social media. And that twists them up even more. They can't shout out to their friends. We're okay. You know what I no, mean? You can't. That's oh. right. I mean, the first phone call, any horrible disaster, we don't take people through it, but people say, I'm okay. When my daughter, she lives in New York, I just, just text me when you get home. I just want to know you're okay. They can't do that. And that's such a good point. I wish I had made more of it in the book. And I think I made something of it, but Jeff, you bring oh, it yeah, up. You that you can't, well, thank you, that you can't and and you don't want to write about social media, but you are a creature of it. My phone's right here. I'm on. I I live alone. I love Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm a Twitter, and it, all my social media is me. It's organic. There's no massive machine. So you go well. That would naturally happen. And I follow this stuff. And I'm a big fan of the crime blogs, for example. I love what they do, and I love I love the times we live in, as complex and as hard as it is. That is much more democratic. That reviewing isn't the hands of a few, right? Mm-hmm. Reviewing books isn't the hand. It's everybody online. Mm-hmm. It's um, law enforcement isn't the hands of a few. We all. And we also, by the way, you cannot write a modern thriller without understanding the changes. We have views about the Supreme Court we didn't have 15 years ago. We have views about the FBI. We have views about modern policing. And all of those have to exist in this novel in a realistic way, in a way that's not didactic or shoehorned in, but just part of the fabric of everyday life when everyday life is upended. And that's what I was really trying to do. It, it was a cool book to write. It was, it was. And then my last question would just be the one obvious similarity between this and historical fiction is they, they both require research. I think anyone out there should know that authors are also doing that legwork. You also had to talk to other folks, talk to um, folks who could inform you about the FBI or court reporters, etc. And I just right. want to say the FBI characters are in this are also great characters in and of themselves, great, well-rounded characters. And, they have a job to do, and that's that's very powerful as well. Right, right. And I appreciate you saying that because I think you're trying to write a realistic character, and it's not based on anybody per se, but you realize that everyone's interests are not necessarily aligned in this situation. And so Jason has to find his way through. And I also love that he's a court reporter and kind of has his own business as a lawyer. I mean, you become very aware that there's a lot of people that are law adjacent. Let's say my daughter would say that, right? But they know an awful lot about law. They're not lawyers, but you don't need a law, law degree to know about law. In fact, that's all point about the crime bloggers. You, what is justice is a human question. 
and it involves what's right and wrong. You'll have it about Ukraine. I'm pointing because my TV's there. You know, what's right and wrong? Where where do you stand up for it? Where do you not? And and what is the cost of that? Isn't that the question we have right now with Ukraine? If we stand up for Ukraine, do we engender world war? Wow, that mm-hmm. is a question that so so I love writing about things that writ smaller become more palpable and tangible to work through as a family, even in fiction. Yeah. How does the case close? How do we get right. justice? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's not an easy answer and you gotta read the book. Um <laughs> Such Lisa, a sweetheart. Lisa, thanks so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure once again. It's always great talking to you. And thanks for all you do. And I'm sorry about that last name. Take care. (laughs) (laughs) And that was our chat with Lisa Scotolini, bestselling author. Her latest is called What About the Bennetts? We'll have more info in the show notes about that book. And we'll actually link back to our previous chat where we talked about historical fiction with her other book, Eternal. That'll do it for this episode of A Little Too Quiet. It's the Ferndale Library podcast, and it's brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. The music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode is by local musician John Duffy. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment, or just tell a friend about us. We'd love to find new listeners. And if you enjoyed this conversation or if you know someone who is also a fan of lisa scotellini's writing please share this episode to social media we'll be back next week with more thanks for listening